Before we get into this week's episode of Cheap Heat, just want to give a shout out to Mina Kimes and the ESPN Daily Podcast. Great podcast, getting you up to date on everything going on in sports as sports start to restart. You need to know all the news, and Mina Kimes has it. ESPN Daily, wherever you find ESPN podcasts. Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one sports and recreation podcast in the world. Uh, I am Peter Rosenberg, a.k.a. the ultimate wrestling merch on Instagram. New Instagram alert. I need all of the cheap heaters, the peckerheads to go follow my all wrestling merch account right now at the ultimate wrestling merch. I'm joined by at the ultimate wrestling slash horrifying reality TV loving stat guy Greg. I do love reality TV. I'm not oh, even gonna lie. When I stumble on your on your reality TV tweets, it must be like what happens when like Republicans stumble on my political tweets. <laughs> I'm disgusted. I'm like, oh, what is he talking about? Yeah, I'm locked in, man. 90 Day Fiance, The Challenge. What the hell is The Challenge? What even is that? What are you talking about? So, so it's like an MTV show where they take... They used to do real world, right? And so what they used to do was take kids from the real world house and put them in a show and make them do like weird type of challenges and compete. And then in the end, they get some money. So they've just been doing that even after they stopped with real world and they pulled kids from like big brother and like love island and these shows in the uk and they keep it going they drop them in the house they make them compete Mm. they send somebody home every week one or two people and then at the end like a group of them compete in like this big event sort of like the cathalon style and it includes like trivia physical challenges um, mental right. challenges, all this type okay. of stuff. I, I, and the winner gets done, the winner gets hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay, we we we. I I actually am upset with myself that I asked and thought that I want <laughs> to get to the end of this. Hey, by the way, SGG, I forgot to tell you this. Let me see if it's con- oh, it's confirmed. Wow, time flies. Next, uh, I need you available, SGG, next Wednesday at one forty-five. Can you make that work? I can make that work. We are going to sit down and have a video and audio interview with a, a, the combatant from the greatest wrestling match ever, one Adam Edge Copeland joining Cheap Heat. Oh, I cannot tell you how excited I am about this. I, I am an Edgehead. You're an Edgehead. Confirmed. 
Oh, I don't well, know if you remember. I don't know I if you remember I, this. I forgot that you're an edgehead. Yeah, I don't know if you remember this, but one of, on one of the early Cheap Heat episodes that uh, we did together, WWE released uh, a, a list or something. It was like the greatest wrestlers of the 2000s. And you and I went at it because Edge was ranked above The Rock and you were not having it. And I was appalled that you would not give my guy Edge the respect that he deserved. So I'm very excited to be sitting down with Edge. Which is funny because I am also... Um, here, I'm going to send you... They sent me the screener to his new movie. So I'm going to send you this email as we speak. So you can watch this. You can squeeze his movie in between your... It has to be better than some of the shows you're watching. So... Um, we'll, so we'll So next week we'll have Edge. And I will tell you, I am a big Edge fan, though. I, I, I There are times during his career where I really thought incredibly high of him. I had a time when I was down on him. Remember mm-hmm. I bar- I buried him, remember, at that live show we did? Oh, yeah, I do remember that. I dissed the spear. <laughs> you call What did you call it, a hug down? Yeah, I, 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 I don't <laughs> I know. what it was. <laughs> I don't even remember whose spear was I, whose spear did I even say was better than his spear? I can't remember, but he, he caught a lot of heat for it. I, 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 yeah, I, I was down on him for a minute. Maybe I was just mad that he was gone. Maybe that's what it was. I was. Yeah, you probably missed him. I, I had a, right. I had a time when I was a really big fan, and now I, I think his comeback's been fantastic. So, um, next week we'll have Edge on the show. SGG, are you following the Ultimate Wrestling merch? I am. I am. I'm excited about it too. I saw the Brett post. I feel like that's not even all your Brett stuff um it's close i don't think i have any other shirts i'm almost positive that was the blue brett in that post oh yeah it's there it's there it's there because i I saw the pink one too i'm just like no the the blue is next to the pink um the funny thing is i did an entire post um and i i did the whole post i was like oh that's great and then i went and looked and i was like i had four more shirts that i'd forgotten about (laughs) So I had to read. There's, I still need, I still need that original tank top, even though I'm not a tank top guy. I need that hard. I, think I know exactly which one you're talking about. The the black with the wearing the blue tights. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a black tank top, but they're wearing blue tights. I need that hard foundation. There's a, you know, listen, man. I'm not saying you know Bret Hart made more money than any other um, superstar of all time, but I will say. He was on top of the mountain for a long time. There is a lot of Bret Hart merch. I mean, and I will a say lot. This. When people say he he wasn't moving merch, I think they don't realize just how many shirts and action figures and and VHS tapes and all this other stuff was out there fully featuring Bret. When they say that, they're thinking about, oh, does he have an iconic shirt? You probably can't think of one, but he has several. Um. Tons. The all-over print is iconic. Um, you know, the, the traditional pink and white all-over print is iconic. Mm-hmm. The pink one that I have is yep. pretty is pretty amazing. The um, one that says Hitman in the shape of the glasses. Yep. Um, he's got a lot. There's a lot of... Anyways, follow me at The Ultimate Wrestling Merch. I really hope You can that... see all of these shirts if you follow at yeah, The Ultimate Wrestling Merch. you can. And you can see Bear modeling stuff. Um, so SGG, I guess... It's pretty clear that we got to start out today, unfortunately, not talking about wrestling, 
Actually, there's not a lot of wrestling to talk about this week. Um, the biggest news, I guess, would be the COVID outbreak. I mean, you can argue what the biggest is. The first thing that's popping into my mind today is the COVID outbreak at the PC. Yes. Um, I first saw it reported by a wrestling sheet that they said several names, um, several talent and like backstage people at WWE tested positive for COVID. It's since come out, you know, by their own admission on social media that Renee Young tested positive for COVID and uh, Adam Pierce, who's a backstage producer and former yeah. NWA champion, tested positive. Um, Kayla Braxton revealed that she tested positive again recently in this Wait, round of testing. She tested after, positive again? Yes, that's what she said. She, she revealed that she tested positive in March and then caught it again. Um, so she's she spoke out specifically to debunk the rumor that once you get it, you're immune because... Uh, she she was there to attest that she was not invincible. Um, that's 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 seriously that that's upsetting for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Uh, so so basically, the whole you don't get it again is evidently not true. It's out the window. Herd immunity theory of like just everybody get it and then we'll be good. Gone. I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't mean it's true with everybody, but it's frustrating that it's to find out that it's true with anyone. Yeah, because that like. Now who who knows, right? Because it throws everything right back up in the air. Um, and there was speculation that Renee Young had it, sort of unfairly, I think, because Tony Khan revealed yesterday that uh, John Moxley had it, and he was you know secondhand exposed to someone with COVID, and immediately people on social media started to point to Renee Young and. Um, people in WWE. And this was right before the the news of the WWE outbreak hit. Wow. This is not great. This is not great. Um, And the Florida numbers, SGG, are all-time high right now. Right. Um, Currently, People in posi- in the highest position of power are telling people to not get tested and that they want to defund testing centers. So right, which doesn't make sense. I mean, listen, um, we are in a time that is so crazy, so insane, you know, and it is it's so SGG. The only word I can kind of think of for what we're living through is like biblical times. You know, it's like, I'm just having this thought right now. It's almost like so crazy that while we're having this moment of, of racial and, and social sort of reckoning, of course it's happening at a time when there's almost a cost to being distracted. And it's almost like, where it's so amazing that people are so dialed in the way we are, but yeah. it's crazy that it happens to be at a time when in some ways it's also problematic. We are also distracted from a literal direct killer right now also. Yeah. It can't be like, of course this didn't happen when everything else in the world was normal. We're only able to have this moment where finally people are paying attention to the pain of systemic oppression um 
during a time in which we also really need to be paying attention to COVID-19. Yeah. But it's like there's so much going on. Like you said, there's the civil rights stuff. There's the COVID stuff, you know, and this is all happening in an election year, which causes politicians to sort of manufacture these issues and, and crises. Um, there's a healthcare crisis that's been going on even before the COVID stuff. Um, all of it. It is. I can't even tell you guys how crazy I, I, I am so, I, and this just isn't the, I recently decided, so I, I've been going really hard on, on like every platform about issues and I'm, I'm trying to, on the ESPN platform, speak on things as they come up and, and express my direct opinions on those things and, and, and express them emphatically and honestly without being a complete political um, beacon right now only because am I like for example when I speak out directly on politics on my social media the question I ask you is is it worthwhile is is not I'm not talking about Black Lives Matter I don't consider that to be a political issue so remove that I'm not talking right, and about it's not even a agree to disagree scenario like no I, I don't give it if if you're upset when I write about justice for Brianna Taylor I don't need you to follow me I'm good goodbye good night good luck I'm not talking about that but when I directly refer to the president by name the question I've been asking myself this week and I consider all you guys family who listen so and everyone likes to write and send us thoughts so you can feel free to give me your thoughts on it um is it worthwhile given how many voices there are that are also saying those same things and when the people who think the people who agree with me agree with me and the people who disagree i am not changing their minds so i sometimes question is it worth it to continue to focus specifically on the politics of it all when technically at my one at the job that is the most important to me financially I, I, it, I don't know that it's beneficial to be overly political. That risk could be worth it if I felt I could seriously make a contribution that could change people's minds. However, I don't know if that's possible. So these are kind of the questions that I answer. And then am I, am I, am I more valuable being able to have my voice on these platforms and give my thoughts on, uh, social and racial issues? Would, is it a win if I were to somehow not be able to have that voice anymore? I don't know. You know? I mean, I think you are changing minds, though. I'll say that. I think. But do you people... think I'm changing minds specifically when it comes to the person in the White House? I don't think I can change the minds of the people who are dug in on that. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, there's, there's going to be some people. You, the people who are on the fence or who, quote unquote, were in the middle or like iffy about him or unsure, I think those are the people. That, that you reach in times like this. Because, you know, obviously, the same way there's a section of people who, no matter what you say, you can't change their mind on him, that camp breaks down into two pe- two camps as well, right? Because if you say you can't, if I say you can't change my mind on Donald Trump, when you talk about him, you're preaching to the choir to me. Right. So I'm in that camp of people who you say whatever you say about him and you're not going to change and, our minds. It's yep. just that I don't, back up everything that he says so it's the people who who don't fall into that 
who like aren't sandwiched between the people who have their mind made up on Donald Trump that I think um, your voice does resonate with and does like speak to. And listen, maybe you're right. I I, I can't decide. It's like if if you're not affected, like right now, it's being very clear what things are all about. So if that if 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 now maybe there are some people who just don't pay attention. And it's useful because they follow me for other things, and they're like, "Wow, that happened! I didn't even realize that." I don't know how it's big like a how group I sneak my reality TV on you. <laughs> you know, exactly. you follow for the wrestling, and then see. And here we sometimes are. Sometimes you have to hear about the challenge. So, um, COVID nineteen SGG. Obviously, the big, the biggest concern that I have at this very moment is Ric Flair. When it comes to wrestling, obviously, it, it's yeah. Ric Flair is now straight up in a program. And by the way, I love it. I love that Rick's in a program. Like when he first popped up on the pay per view before, um, before the last pay per view, he did a he did a little interview thing um, with Charlie and Christian. And I actually didn't think he seemed great. He seemed a little off. Since then, I think Flair's actually been very good. Um, oh yeah, they snuck him into the program very well. Like, like I'm with you. I, did, I thought, like, why is he, like, he doesn't need to be doing this. <laughs> and then the way they used him to sort of like back Randy and be like a manager. Oh, I'm into it. I love the idea of every time you see Randy, you see Nate walking out behind him. I love that. Like, I, I'm here for it. It's, you know, frankly, I know he's here for it. Um, he loves performing still. And, you know, he's not that old in, in terms of being able to walk down the ramp, which some people seem to struggle with more than others. Um, he's quite able to walk down the ramp and, um, and, and get in the, and get in the ring and talk. And frankly, the more he does it, the better he'll be at it. So then you find out that multiple people have COVID. And, like, what do they do, you know, between now and next Monday? You know, you have to make decisions. And, you know, do they and, – and, and, again, we talked about this on the roundtable last week. Because of the nature of the three-hour show, you're not going to have a week with no Randy story right now. Right. <laughs> so I don't really know what they do, you know, and – Last week, this, this, these positive tests come on the heels of them having friends and family allowed as a crowd at the PC, right? Yeah. And like, you, and you wonder if that's where it came from. Seems yeah, like it it's would It's so be. hard to tell. It really is. Because, I mean, with Florida and everything being deemed essential, it's just like, who knows? Who really knows, man? It's just... It's just you feel like nobody's playing it safe, and that's the sad part. Is that yeah, it's just, it's open and thing you've been deemed essential, and you can continue to make your money, but it's not safe. <sighs> uh, yeah, I'm 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 very stressed about it. I'm I'm stressed about the NBA restart, baseball, all of it. I just I don't know, man. Everyone, we, everyone from the very beginning, and again, COVID is an issue I do not view to be political. So, if you're someone who sees it that way, sorry, I don't consider this political. It's science. <laughs> this is just science, and and 
we all knew the only way if people in the country, if the entire country, even though the spread wasn't that bad, in some places, had been willing to go full-on New York about it, we'd probably all be right now, I think, a couple of weeks away from like really being able to have a comfortable sort of slow reopening. Instead, yeah. no one could wait, and they're still not waiting, and we're just going to walk right back towards outright quarantine. Now, you want to see panic happen? Panic is if the New York numbers start to go back up. Mm. And right and right now it appears that things are continuing on the path of cool, but you're seeing these spots. I drove by a restaurant yesterday, just mad people outside drinking. Like people just can't resist this man. And this is I keep going back into a circle of craziness. Like I can't believe how crazy we all are as a society. I just can't. Yeah. I, I can't. I, listen, I have been <clears throat> I have been alone in the epicenter in an apartment. Okay. Now listen, I am financially great. I'm still working. I'm blessed. I'm grateful. But unless you are, I'll put it this way. If you are economically okay, there's no one I really feel any worse for in terms of their circumstance than someone alone in the epicenter in an apartment. It's, it is <laughs> from a social standpoint, it's terrible. It's from a social only standpoint, not financial. It is as terrible a situation as you could be in. And it's difficult. It's difficult. But we, we have to be able to power through. There's a reason, yeah. you know, and I, I know we're preaching a little bit, but like, I've been sitting in the midst of it. And you know, we make our plans as a group and we have our, we have our Zoom get togethers. And we enjoy them. We watch wrestling and we have a good time and we find ways to do it. And, you know, and not by the way, and you can responsibly pick people to spend time with. There are ways to do it. Um, but man, we just can't resist the going out completely and saying, screw it. Yeah. And I was going to say too, like, I know we miss each other. Everybody misses that, like, human interaction, but it's like, we're going to get a lot more of it if we do it right. If we do it wrong, we're going to be stuck in the house for a while. <sighs> All right, SGG. So, and so was anyone else affected on AEW besides Moxley? Well, not that they said, but they just mentioned Moxley. Now, but, I mean, they're in Florida and everybody's being plagued. So, you know, maybe they don't know. Maybe the tests have been like false negative I don't, I don't know but it's all still risky it's all <sighs> just risky for everybody what else is going on SGG outside the, the ring so while we're talking about Renee Young I think it's worthwhile to mention that uh, backstage has been cancelled by Fox mm. um, which I know you know I enjoyed that show I didn't watch it religiously it wasn't appointment viewing for me but I feel like um, some interesting news always came out of backstage, and it was a good vehicle for like, you know, some of the some of the legends to come out and give their thoughts on what's happening today. Um, yeah, just I feel like they didn't get a good run, enough of a run. I'll say they had a good run. It just I feel like it got cut short. I'm um, 
I'm surprised it was this quick. And when I read the initial headline that said it's not going to be taped every week, I just assumed that meant they were going to tape multiple episodes. Yeah. I didn't realize they meant they were shelving. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm surprised. Listen, I don't know what the expectations were. Maybe the expectations were too high. Maybe it should have come on on Friday nights at 10 o'clock or right after SmackDown. But that wasn't doable. Um, I don't know either, man. It feels like it feels like with these shows, though, like talking smack was wildly popular, and still somehow ended up on the shelf. Um, you know, bring it to the table. People loved that show. They still ended up somehow putting that on the shelf. So I don't know if it's just that, like these shows aren't performing up to the expectations or that, you know, WWE is good at presenting the product one way. And then when you try to veer too much outside of that, they don't know how to handle it or, you know what I mean? Or they don't know what success looks like, or I don't know. I don't know. But backstage feels like it should have been going longer than that than what it got. And I, I wonder how Fox feels about it. Like, I mean, if, if there are, and are, and what are they going to do? I wonder if they're going to keep pushing forward with like the midweek showing old events, or if that's out too. I mean, probably gonna with with these with these leagues coming back, they're probably going back to a comfort zone of just like showing sports and not having to lean too heavily on the the content that. WWE provided, which is messed up because WWE came in and saved them at a time when they were starved for content. Um, not just them, but like even ESPN showing the uh, old manias on WrestleMania Day and everything like that. Like WWE came in and saved everybody. Um, oh, apparently they, not. They, yeah, they, <laughs> apparently some people see it differently. <laughs> or maybe they just feel like they don't owe you anything. Like they. They did business when it was good, and now you go back to, like, you know, the, the best for business argument, right? What else going on, SGG? There's more craziness in the world of professional wrestling, and then we'll, yeah, we'll just is. try to hit some mailbag today, I haven't today even too. gotten to the craziest yet. I'm going to go with, like, a a more lighthearted bit of news before we get to All the, right, good, the real good. craziness. But The Undertaker apparently has retired officially, um, and that's based on... His documentary series, The Last Ride, which had been taped. And, you know, you remember he was on Cheap Heat and we asked him straight up, like, is he coming back for one more or what's going on with that? And he he wouldn't give us the scoop. But apparently in the last episode of his The Last Ride documentary, he makes it clear that he is he is riding off into the sunset. And he is ending his career uh, as it is. The last match we will get from him is the Boneyard match. By the way, if you actually contributed to all of this thank you, Taker, and this is over, I cannot believe that you are still capable of being worked by The Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most mage setup for him to come back one last time. It's, it's, It's brilliant. I mean, if they are... I, I will have so much respect for now him having one final comeback and match. 
And what better way to make it meaningful than to have it come on the heels of his first time revealing himself as a real human being. He draws you in with this documentary. You finally know who Mark Calloway is. You hear about the ups and downs of being the undertaker. He announces his retirement. Everyone goes for it. And then when we get back outside, God willing, one day, and there's a crowd, Undertaker comes back for one last Mania match. And then I think you finally get the chapter closing, the final chapter closing. I refuse to believe that this is it. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, they already sold Thank You Taker shirts. I was at Orlando when they were selling the Thank You Taker shirts. I didn't get one. Um, and if you have one, congratulations. I don't know if that's a collector's item or you played yourself, but congratulations. But either anyway. way, congratulations. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, it feels like the polite thing to say in this situation. Uh, but also, the gong hit gets him too. Like when that gong hits and everybody pops and then everybody gets silent and that entrance, it, it, it has to get him too. And and I'm with you. Like he says he's retired, and I want to believe that because you know you want your faves to go out on their own terms and go out on top or whatever you want to call it. And that documentary was so much about him chasing that perfect moment to go out on, which you feel like the boneyard match is. But we all know that we want to hear the gong hit one more time and see that entrance and experience that. And so does he. That whole documentary was about just how much. He gets wrapped up in all of that, too. So I'm with you. He'll be back. Um, all right. So, listen, I'm sure we could spend an entire episode breaking down The Undertaker's career and looking back. But I'm not doing that. Because guess what? He's not retired. So I, I'm not doing a whole post-mortem, no pun intended, on The Undertaker's <laughs> career when uh, he did not retire. Uh, not in my eyes. No. Sorry. No. No chance, no way, I don't believe it. And guess what? Call me a bad journalist if you want. I still haven't even watched the episode. And it's the only episode <laughs> I didn't rush to watch because I saw the headline come out of it. And I was like, oh. So I'm going to watch it. I'm still curious to see the episode, and I'll play along. But I do not believe that this is the end for The Undertaker. Sorry. So as You'll you play along, though. Nice. That's no, nice I'll, I'll, play, I'll play along. That's the kind of guy I am. Um, what else is going on? And so this this is the big the big news that I was saving because I mean honestly you know last week we touched on it about how a lot of sexual misconduct allegations really sort of rocked the wrestling world and then after we recorded our show there was some fallout from all of that um, Joey Ryan was one of the people named and he's been fired from Impact Wrestling um, Jack Gallagher was also named and he was fired from WWE. Jimmy Havoc was named, and he hasn't been fired from AEW, but he has been suspended. And then Sammy Guevara was also suspended by AEW, but not for any um, accusations of sexual misconduct, but just because I think with everything that's going on, AEW's on high alert. And then um, Sasha Banks made a comment on social media about you know her tag team with Bailey, the Golden Role Models, which I, I hate that name, but she made a comment that they are better than the sex gods, which led to Sammy Guevara making a, a very distasteful comment about her looks that caused people to look into other Sammy Guevara comments and then find one from uh, four years ago, which he 
made a rape joke directed towards Sasha Banks. And how, how it was four years ago. It was four years ago. Okay. And then on that basis, I think AEW decided that they had to do something, and they suspended him indefinitely. Oh, it's indefinite. I, I wasn't aware if it was indefinite or. And by the way, good job by AEW. I, I think that. I think that by doing some sort of suspension. Um, so so to be clear, the, the the joke was horrifying and distasteful. If you could call it a joke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, you know how it was one of those things that only like a stupid kid of his age would say and think was okay to come out of your mouth. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think any of us should pretend that we've never heard someone of that age range say something similar because I'm sure we have. Um, but that doesn't make it okay. And so I think that I'll tell you the truth, SGG. I could be completely wrong. In my opinion, the way it played out from what Sasha said to what he said to how AEW responded, I think was basically sort of, um, for lack of a better word, the ideal way for something that started out so bad to play out. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I wasn't of that much, like... Until I started explaining the story out loud, I wasn't of that mind. I, my thinking was that he should have been fired, like, off top. Just fire him. You can hire him back and all that later, whatever. But in the meantime, just fire him. But it is it is sort of unfair for him to be swept in with people who are, like, actual have sexual misconduct allegations. This is why I tried to sort of separate him from Jimmy Havoc and acknowledge that he has been suspended, but not for any... It- to me, and that would be that would almost be a disservice to everything you're trying to deal with of actual assault, right? Which is why I said until I said it out loud, I was of the mind that like that was a straight termination. And to be honest, when you take- which, which, which by the way is an interesting thing for you to point out because we all live in a time where when we read things on Twitter and things that are going on, we come to really quick judgments that mm-hmm. probably need a few days to marinate on before you make a decision. Right, but that's not how we operate right now. Any of us, very well. Right, and I, like I said, the, the you know, I'm I'm man enough to admit right now that I went from termination to okay, suspension is the move. Um, and you know, Sammy Guevara, thank you, thank you. Sammy Guevara recently released a video, you know, where he apologized again and you know claimed to have grown. I don't necessarily buy that because when you take his his tweet, the tweet that he made directed at Sasha that sort of pushed down like that first domino to go down and that caused the ripple effect that got him suspended was just equally distasteful, equally immature. It was also set for shock value. So I can't buy that you've grown in the four years since you made that old comment when the recent comment that Wait, as you one more time, what was you, what was the actual first tweet? That he that that's restarted it exactly. Again. So Sasha Banks tweeted that you know they were better than less sex gods, which she'd been doing that all day. It was she said it better than the revival, better than old tag team, new tag team. But when she said that about the less sex gods, Samuel Guevara tweeted, "Why is Trevor um, tweeting from another account?" And then posted a picture of Triple H with Ricochet when Ricochet had long hair and. Nobody found it funny. They were just like, 
you cannot misgender a woman. You can't compare her to a man. Like you can't like she made a comment about wrestling ability and you immediately go to the looks and degrading her and like it, well, it, there's the also a, there's also a slight land. there's also a racial component there too, right? Yeah, like a, a skin tone, a, a colorism thing there also. That's weird. Yeah, it, it was not taken taken well at all. And then after he said that, you know, people started doing a little bit of digging on Sammy Guevara and uh, comment resurfaced where he mentioned that he wanted to rape Sasha Banks, and then that was like the big no no. So for me, you can't wash away the old one as just something said for shock value when the tweet that set it all off was also distasteful, also directed at Sasha Banks, and also, you know, possibly said for shock value. Whether you meant it or not, there's no denying that. So you can't argue growth when you seem to be the same person four days ago or whatever it was. You make a, you make a good point about the level to which he's been able to grow considering he just said something so stupid. Now, right. he could have grown slightly to where, he, <laughs> right. you know, to, or, or simply has become able to read where we are as a society and knows he can't make jokes like that. Um, but that's a good point. He obviously hasn't grown enough, um, which is why I think uh, suspension is a good learning tool for yeah. AEW. Um, and they said they're going to send in a sensitivity training and all that. Like they're doing what they could do as a company, short of yeah, well, and, 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 Sa- and Sasha. And, and then Sasha just really, um, she really handled it in just the classiest way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, she and, she really she her statement was powerful, but also not meant to try to just have a, a vendetta when she could have. She would have not been. I would not have been mad if she had absolutely destroyed him. And she, I think she just opted for like the more thoughtful, um, what can actually lead to progress kind of conversation instead of vindictiveness. And I would believe me, I'm kind of vindictive. So I would have understood if she went that route, but while holding him responsible too. Right. And And we both sat down with Sasha too. So we know that like she did not take it easy on him. (laughs) Yeah. She, so I, I thought that was very, uh, that was a cool – I just think it – It uh, listen, there are some people that are not worth treating with kindness and let's try to – I mean I don't know about everyone. You could argue everyone's worth treating with kindness for yourself. Um, but there are some people who maybe it's a lost cause. I think it's a good call to say that because he said things this stupid – he may not be a lost cause, as we just learned with Randy Orton, who made changes mm-hmm. much older than Sammy Guevara. You know, like, um, there are a lot of people, and we need to be mindful about this. We, these days, we throw away a lot of people super quick. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, SGG's throwing away of Hulk Hogan came over a lot of time. He got a lot of opportunities to get thrown away. And and continued to sort of ask for it. I the only thing I'll say is um, I am I am not for instantaneously throwing away people who could who could if they learn the right way really be positive. But if yeah. someone if someone repeatedly shows you who they are, believe them. 
But that, that whole motto of if someone shows you who they are once, believe them. If they're very young, that may not be the right approach. It, that may be throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Um, so I think in the case of, uh, Sammy, I did, I haven't seen enough to know he's permanently a bad guy. Now, I don't know his whole story, but based on what I we've agree seen, with that. I don't, I don't, I don't think we've seen enough that we need to throw away Sammy Guevara at his age. Um, I don't it, buy that he's grown, <laughs> but I buy that he is growing and that he a, is learning. So maybe a, he's not. That's a great, that's a great way of putting it. And also, let's be honest, you and I are both, Sam, at least me, I'm a Sammy Guevara mark. So I want to see him figure it out. Yeah, I, I like think, him, but he's in bad. Like that inner circle is looking looking wicked right now between Jericho, and <laughs> Jack Hager, and then Sammy Guevara sort of like teetering. I almost want Santana Ortiz to just free themselves. <laughs> like, cut, <laughs> cut bait. Is Jericho saying things right now, or is this just what people know? Like I haven't really followed. Did Jericho publicly say some All Lives Matter stuff? Yeah, he has. He's been he's commented on it like on his Instagram and stuff, and then uh, like. The pro- see the problem though for Jericho and Sammy and really everyone is that on Twitter they show you like people's likes so if you like a comment it is going on blast to all your followers so Jericho's likes is like right wing and nutty and so it's like oh really that's that's what gets him and that's sort of what got Sammy Guevara too is that like after his old comment came out, um, somebody made a post basically defending them and defending the joke, and he liked it. And then that's what that's what drew scrutiny to his apology too is is those likes get you. Mm. I'm, I'm I'm trying to look at Jericho's likes right now. See what I see. I don't know how recent they are. Although, hey, look. Um, Jericho did say wear a mask with an exclamation point and then plugged Fozzie masks. <laughs> Listen. Um, that's just good business, I guess. I don't know. That's the thing. That may not mean anything but good business. Um, did you watch the Sammy, uh, video? I did. I did. Um, I'm going to play a second of it. Let's... Okay, um, I just wanted to get on here real quick and just say uh, there's going to be no vlog today and there's going to be no vlog for a while. I'm going to take a hiatus from social media in general. Um, I just want to apologize to anybody I, I let down, to Sasha, to anybody I hurt with my words. Um, you know, it just sucks because 2016 me is not me today. 2020 me would never say those kind of hurtful things that I did in 2016. I used to think it was funny to do some kind of shock humor to pop the room I'm in, but um, with this ambulance to pass. I uh, I thought it'd be funny, man, to do do that kind of humor, this this uh, shock shock humor, and uh, it, it's not. You know, I learned along the way. All right, I get the idea. <laughs> um. So yeah, listen, I'm, I, 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 that's a, it's a lot on Sammy Guevara and Sasha. I'm glad it's being addressed. Uh, what else, SGG? Any uh, other crazy things? Also, that's all I have outside the ring. Um, 
Do, by the way, do we know what the depth, like the actual depths of the Jack Gallagher story are? Uh, or do we just know something and he's fired? Well, yeah, there was a, a woman, I believe, well, yeah, she tweeted that they were at a party and that he, like, he might have raped her at the party or that he followed her in the bathroom and tried to rape her. I don't know because, honestly, there's a lot of stories and they're all getting muddled together and it's just sad and disheartening when you think about, like, it's it's every promotion, it's people who were in the ring, people who were backstage, um, it's it's a lot of stories that are just getting jumbled together, but I do know that when it came out, um, he allegedly attempted to reach out to the woman to apologize, and then shortly after screenshots of that conversation came out, he was fired. So, I'm oh, so 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 basically, so basically, in in him trying to reach out and apologize, he confirmed the story. Yep, that's what I'm assuming, and then they just said, "Well, this is a done deal." <sighs> yeah, I mean, guys, let's let's just be real. If if you want to really take a look in the history of this this art form and profession that we love so much, it's if we were to open it up all the way and go all the way back and think about the stuff in terms of racial inequity, gender inequity, um, straight up, just violent, probably sexual behavior, um, and misogyny. I got to tell you guys, it would be a really scary look to open it all up. And, um, I guess we all have to each come to our own conclusions about how we feel about it and what we're willing to, um, sort of acknowledge about the past. And it's complicated, right? Because we both, we, we all love the past so much. But if you think about the things that were likely going on at those times, it's some, there's some scary stuff to think about. Yeah. You know, like this week, Terry Runnels, um, retold the story of reportedly being flashed by Brock Lesnar back in 2004 or 2003, something like that. Um, she's been, she's told that story before, but she told it again, um, in an interview. I mean, do, do any of us believe that was the extent to which things like that were happening? Right. When all of a sudden this business went from basically like just a men's business to in the late nineties, in the mid to late nineties and into early two thousands. There was just this big influx now of women into the business. Um, there's probably a lot of stories, man, that probably yeah. aren't great. So, yeah, because that's we think about it too, right? Like, this is like the progressive era of wrestling, and these stories are coming out. Like, yeah, this this sickening, like disgusting frequency. And these are and these are stories from the last five years, you know. Yeah. And then I challenge all of us to think about the stories in our own lives and in other people's lives who we're close with and that we actually saw and and you know the things that things that were deemed if not acceptable, you know, s- s- things that you were accustomed to, even if they weren't acceptable. 
um, including and not limited to the way that people spoke. You know, like black, white, and everything else. If you were to go back and probably hear recordings of some of the conversations you had in your group of friends um, when you were in your late late teens, early 20s, I'm guessing there'd be some conversations you probably wouldn't be too comfortable hearing back. Yeah. And I, I think we have to be um, both sort of embarrassed by that um, and think about what that says about the treatment of in this case, I'm mostly talking about women, um, thinking about what it says about that, and then also, you know, applying that both towards how important it is to change it, and then probably also thinking about for those of us who are older, you know, the thoughts that people have expressed publicly. You have people who have been tweeting since they were 15 years old. It's a scary. <laughs> right. It's a it's a scary thought to think about the. 15 year olds putting their ideas out looking for shock value on social media is not a good thing. So, how old is Sammy Guevara now, by the way? I believe he is 26. So, he was like 22? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not. A 22 year old indie wrestler. Not, yeah, he's 26. Good call. Probably not the person you wanted to hear doing interviews and making shock value jokes. Yeah, it 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 adds up, and it's not great. Uh, it's disappointing. This whole world's disappointing, guys. Look look around at 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 people in positions of power. Look everywhere, and then how surprised are we? Um, I'm glad people are speaking up though, because honestly, that's the the way we think the world is. Is at least. 10, 15 times worse, but like yep. talking about it and putting these stuff into the forefront and then like deciding that it's not acceptable is how you, the world becomes what you think it is in your head. 100%. If, 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 it's, if it's not publicly talked about as being unacceptable, then as, as boys turn into teenagers, they will continue to be the same way. Yeah. They need to, we, they need to know that these things are unacceptable. Also, let's be honest. As a society, I think people do a horrible job talking to young men and women, but I'm focused on men because that's the experience I know, um, about sex and about women and about acceptable behavior. I think you just assume people are going to be okay, and they're not. <laughs> How long is it going to take us to low? How many, do you remember, like, do you remember the portrayal, for example? Of Biff Tannen in Back to the Future? Vaguely. Do you remember how Biff acts with Marty's mom? Oh, yeah. Like caveman. They didn't make that up. That that idea of the teenage guy who's grabbing the girl by the wrist and is like, you're going to be mine and blah, blah, blah. That, that wasn't made up. It might have been exaggerated because so, he was the heel of the movie. But that came from a real I mean, exaggerated is even the wrong word. It might have been a really strong example of it, but that exists. That's that's regular, and has been obviously for a very long time. So it is important. It's it's so important that these conversations are being had. Um, SGG, you want to look at the mailbag? As, as I mean, 
I haven't watched AEW last night. How was the triple threat between Keith Lee, um, Finn Balor, and Johnny Gargano? I feel like it was a notch under great. A like notch could, under like it, great. Okay. Yeah, it could have been, been great, but for me it didn't quite get there. Um, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen it, Keith Lee won and then he'll be challenging Adam Cole in a winner-take-all match. Okay. Next in, week. In two weeks? Not in next two week, weeks. in two weeks, yeah. Um, so I am looking forward to that. Although any one of those guys winning, I, I would have been looking forward to. Um, but Keith Lee is, is even better because, you know, number one in the Black Power Rankings, baby. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, so. speaking of which. I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm black, blacker than black, black, I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black, and I'm black. Yo, I'm black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, and you're black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, and you're black, and I'm black, y'all. SGG, what do you got? On this Black Power Rankings for the week of June 25th. In the number three, uh, is a tie, is Bobby Lashley, um, because he's really been like on a tear um, since pairing up with MVP. And although he's no longer in the WWE Championship picture, I like seeing Bobby Lashley on a rampage. So he's in the number three, and he's sharing that spot with um, Sonny Kiss, who... People have been waiting for him to hit AEW TV for a long time. Um, I've, I've seen some vignettes with him and Joey Janela. And then I haven't seen the match yet, but I'm actively going to seek it out. That, But I saw that he was on AEW television last night. And I hope they feature him more because I think he he could be um, a big talent. But you got to expose him. You got to show him to the people. So he's coming in at number three with Bobby Lashley. And at number hmm. two... Okay. And then number two, I'm going to boss, Sasha Banks, because, you know, she swerved me on Monday. Her and Bailey successfully defended their tag team championships again. Um, they did so with Sasha Banks pulling home the win for the team again. And then after the match, Sasha told Bailey, you know, she wants to feel what it feels like to walk around with two belts and be a women's champion. And instead of challenging Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship, she called out Asuka and then proceeded to put hands and feet on the Empress who came down to to defend her good name. So she's going in at number two. And then in at number one is Keith Lee. He successfully defended his NXT North American Championship on Wednesday. Um... And I think in two weeks' time, we'll all be basking in the glory of Keith Lee. I hate that it has to be Adam Cole, but, I mean, he won't let go of that championship. So that's gonna Keith be a, Lee has to rip it rip it out of his hands, and that's what has to happen. That's going to be a hard, hard day for you. Yeah. Two of your two of your favorites going head-to-head. By the way, Keith, yeah. Keith Lee's story of speaking up, speaking out was pretty interesting, too. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't believe I forgot that. He, and super he said, uh Mm-hmm. It's on his uh, Twitter page for those who haven't seen it. A story of actually being drugged. Uh, and drugged, and I, I, I mean, uh, presumably raped, I, I guess. Yeah. The it, sad thing is, like, he doesn't know. 
He, he was drugged and has no idea. He has no idea. No memory. Um, well, shouts to Keith Lee. It was a, it was a powerful and, and brave post. And shouts to him for everything he's doing right now in the wrestling biz. SGG, let's do a little mailbag, shall we? Yeah, of course. Mail. Chris writes us and says, what's good, sweet, sweet Pete and Tony Statless? Um, just another annoying Mount Rushmore debate topic. We've all heard the greatest match debate and the best talkers on the mic, but what about the single greatest promos? Would love to hear you and Greg hash it out on Cheap Pete. My four would probably be Hard Times, 316, The Pipe Bomb, and Mark Henry's Fake Retirement. Shout out to the Salmon Suit. Keep talking your mind and fighting the good fight. Take it easy, man. Chris the Pirate. Well, he picked a few good ones. Um, I sort of think you need to... Um, we were having a conversation amongst the group the other day about the difference between... I think it was Zach um, the other day on Zoom talking about the difference between a good a good talker and a good promo. Hmm. And... There are a couple of really different ways. You know, there's a couple of different things. Austin, for example, you think of being a generally great talker. Um, do you think of him for having great promos? The Rock was a great talker, but I found his promos to be a little bit too rehearsed. Um, like, I enjoy The Rock. Like, listen, The Rock is one of the most charismatic superstars of all time. I'm not arguing that. But a big Rock promo, while great, um, it, I, I, I don't necessarily put in the category with the greats because it was, like, almost a different thing altogether. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel, I feel, that, I feel that way about some of Cena's stuff, too. But not always. Cena, I think, could really do both. Cena can have the really personal kind of conversational talking, and Cena can have the really big-time rehearsed promo. I think he was right. so diverse. And, and that's the thing, too. I think most people, when they think of, like, good promos, they think of, like, the personalities coming across and just, like, the the charisma that they show, like, like sort of the rock, just being electrifying, just, like, magnetic. So that's a great conversation for us to have one day. All-time great promos. Um, and do you view the ones like how – for example, when Hogan did his completely rehearsed backstage, let me tell you one thing, brother. Tonight I'm going to blah, 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 blah. Those were really entertaining. They served the purpose that they were. Hogan out in the ring with a live mic sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We we know. We, I mean, yeah, I'll play exposed I, way too many times. To yeah, I'll give that charade. Yeah, I can give you an example of one right now. If you actually think, if you actually think, I was just the right guy at the right place at the raw at the right time. Let me say it one more time, so you completely understand, McMahon. If you actually believe in your mind, if you actually think that I was just the right guy. At the right place, at the right time, well then you're a bigger delusional bastard than I thought you were, McMahon. And you know something? I had a match with you a couple of... I had a... You know what I say right now, McMahon? 
Right now, we just settled this because I had a match with a rock a couple of weeks ago. So it, there's totally different ways of, but yet, you know, when my favorite one for, that I, I've quoted, I'm sure, on the a podcast before, not the same as in the ring, but when you get him backstage going, you can eat all the chicken necks you want, Sika, but you can't take a bite out of these 24-inch pythons tonight <laughs> when the hunted becomes the hunter. And you enter my jungle. That's so, beautiful, beautiful work. Yeah, the backstage promos, I think, for me, in like the story of my wrestling fandom, I'll take those over the ring promos any day. Like the live in front of the audience promos. Like Mr. Perfect has one. The promo from SummerSlam 91. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorites. Flair backstage after he won the championship. The screaming um, lunacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorites. Like, let them go backstage. I don't care how many takes it takes. Just I'm only seeing the one, so I'm cool with it. Um, Flair after Undertaker takes the title from Hogan at Survivor Series. Flair is screaming backstage like a maniac. Um, yeah, I enjoyed those a lot. They were they, but it's a total. That's where you have um, the, the cream of the crop. Hmm. You know, that's where you get a lot of Savage's best stuff. Savage didn't do in-ring promos like that. His were all backstage. Basically, his whole career was backstage. It's a, it's yeah. a different time, you know. Um, but then Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, they had a different art form in the ring when they were at their heights. When you heard, hey, yo, hey, yo. I'm, you just I knew. mean, hey, yo is... Everything. Um, Triple H can cut. Triple H at his best is pretty great with that live mic in a ring. Sometimes I think they just let him go a little too long. But he's very, very good. Um, Same with Heyman. Can be too much, but at his best, whoa. Now, Heenan, of course, you know what I'm saying, the all-time GOAT. Yeah, in any scenario, in in any era. Heenan used to cut in-ring promos when that wasn't even a thing. Um, He would go out there during... If you go watch old schools, he would go out there and grab the mic at live non-televised shows. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just for the crowd. Um... Hey Pete, uh, Michael writes us and says, "Hey Pete, quick question for you. I figure if anybody can confirm a Bobby the Brain Heenan quote, it's you." Quote: When you go to bed, we're still up, and when you wake up, we've been up. Sound familiar? Thanks. Good luck on the Backlash pre-show and keep up the good work, Mike. I think that's a Heenan quote. I think so too. I- I'm pretty sure that is. I, I, I'm pretty sure I can hear it in his yelling voice. I'm going to go ahead and confirm it. I can't tell you the date or the time, but I feel like I've heard that too. Um, okay, Anthony writes us. The three fantasy matches I truly ever want to see, plus a stipulation and event. All right. <clears throat> um... Rock vs. Hogan at WrestleMania in a straight-up singles match already happened, he says. 
Stone Cold vs. Goldberg at SummerSlam in a Last Man Standing match. Undertaker vs. Sting at Survivor Series Hell in a Cell. I'd like to think of a fourth match to put on at Royal Rumble. Could round out the big four, but honestly, I've got nothing. What do y'all think? Can you think of one for Royal Rumble? No, Royal Rumble is not the place where I think of needing to have that huge singles match, even though there have been legendary singles matches at Royal mm-hmm. Rumble. But no, that's not where your your brain goes anymore. Um, if we're talking dream matches, though, I mean, Brett and Angle in a submission match, I would love to see. Who never going to happen? That's that would have been great. I, I, that's a great call. Um. Yeah, Bretton Angle's a lot of fun. Um. Do you know wrestling's like the one thing where I have so many thoughts in my head that I really, it's really hard for me to get it together to think <laughs> of things. Like when I start thinking like, oh, so come up with something right now off the top of your head that's a dream match. Um. I, I feel would like love Daniel Bryan and Andre the Giant would have been a fun one too, like a David and Goliath. Well, I mean that was the match I wanted. You know, I, I always dreamed that Daniel Bryan's title reign should have started. The proper way for it to end was, you know, Mark Henry got injured and just had to basically take a pin after after a cash in, but yeah. it should have been that they built to a huge crescendo. And at WrestleMania, Daniel Bryan beat Mark Henry with what then was the LaBelle lock. That, to me, was the way. I just picture, of all the ways Daniel Bryan could have had his crowning moment, if it had been Mania, with him and Mark Henry having a war, and he makes Mark tap in the middle of the ring to the LaBelle lock, can't you just picture the crowd behind them as he makes him tap there? I can, and I'm telling you this much too. Chills. When it would have been compare chills. that to what he ended up doing at Mania, I'm pretty sure Daniel Bryan would have taken it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, did Daniel Bryan did he, did he take the title directly off Mark though in a cash in? I think I think maybe he took it off a of Big Show, like Big Show. Oh, Mark Big Kenny, Show. He came out, and then he came out. Is that what it was? I think so. Um. But there are so many when you think about today, but and and, and comparing and, and trying to mix in people of today with people of the past, there are just so many things that would be amazing. Like I'd have to spend a couple of weeks sort of thinking about it. Um how many great I mean, how many guys who are incredible today would you have loved to see work with a savage or a steamboat? I know, man. I mean, and I feel like Cesaro said this, and I, I agree that he's a guy that you could drop in any era, and he would get he would get some good matches off. So it looks and like what happened. When, with that. It looks like what happened was Big Show beat Mark Henry, and then I think Mark beat him up after the match. I think it was and an extreme. Daniel O'Brien. It was a TLC match. In in 2011, and yeah, after Mark then, like, they were both destroyed, Mark rolls out of the ring, Daniel Bryan comes in and cashes in, 
And I think all he does is pin. Let me see. But it was not what it should have been. To me, it was their story. He's get he's going for the pin. Yeah, he just gets a pin. There's not there's not even an attempted kick out. So he just stole it. He stole it the first time, and the crowd is kind of lukewarm, to be honest, considering it's his first win. Um, for the title, fun conversation. Well, he was though. a heel though, so like, if I'm not mistaken, he was already a heel. Which, by the way, doesn't. I mean, Daniel Bryan, heel Daniel Bryan is uh, a whole other issue I have. It's, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just so hard to have someone like Daniel Bryan be a bad guy. Aaron Pana writes us and says, "What's up, Cheap Heat fam? Orton vs. Edge was everything we needed and more. Actual grappling encounters, blood, homage to the gr- to past greats, amazing selling, especially by Edge. Orton back to his cynical ways, big moves." Uncertain who was going to win. Finishing with that punt was devastating. This definitely leaves room for Orton Edge 3, and I'm here for it. I know prior to the show there was a lot of skeptical people. Um, However, WWE continues to make us eat our words. We just have to sit back sometimes and watch how we'll unravel and just truly enjoy ourselves. I wish the same for you two. Enjoy yourself. Stay mage, Aaron. In this case, you're right. It did turn out to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun, and I hope that after we'll talk to Edge about it next week. I hope I hope there's that Edge recovers and we get to see them do it again. Bruce writes yeah. us, sweet sweet Peter Rosenberg, quick admission: no commute means I fell behind on the pod. So I just listened to your story um, about dropping off Bear for the potential razor blade and how that experience was unpleasant. <laughs> um, living in Howard County, Maryland, my vet experience had been different, but no less uncomfortable. My rescue cocker, Samson has had some issues, starting with an infected tooth that required an extraction and repeating and and progressing to repeat mouth issues. Oh, my gosh. This is horrifying. That I assume we'll learn this week is terminal cancer. Oh, my God. This is what I expected, guys. I'm sorry. For each of these visits, I drive to his normal vet or the dental specialist, throw open my trunk, and wait for a vet tech to come to him. Then either wait in the lot or drive home and wait for a phone call to pick him up. This isn't meant to be a total downer. Samson's had a long, good life, and he's handling this in his usual stoic, good boy way. I just wanted to drop a note um, to say your podcast has been a bright spot for me from back in the Shoemaker era through the quarantine time. I hope you, SUG, Bear, and the Cheap Heat family are doing well and continue to do so uh, for the rest of this time. Thanks, and take it easy, man, Bruce. I got to tell you, I I am teary-eyed legitimately if I try to talk about... um, Samson and uh, and going through the process of hearing about things like that. I, I literally, I, I spend entirely too much time. I'm trying my hardest to not spend a ton of time. And I think for every dog owner out there, they, they relate to this. You, you can end up as your dog gets older, spending so much time about thinking about losing them. And I really try to just think, about enjoying the the time. It's just it's the it's the contract you sign when you just start to love a dog. Is that you know unlike listen, other human relationships, you don't know how and when they're gonna end. And that's scary in its own way. But with dogs, you know at some point it's going to end. And it is a heart it's absolutely how much time do you get? 
Um, it depends on the breed of the dog, the size of the dog. You know, it's one of the real upsides to getting yourself one of those like little terriers. Like you get yourself a little terrier mix. You can really be signing up for like, you know, they can legit give you 16, 17 years. Well, damn. Um, and, and, and from what I'm told, so can Corgi mixes. I mean, knock on wood, knock on wood, our vet, when I took Bear in a few months ago and he was nine, she was like, he's turned 10 since. She was like, she was like, honestly, Peter, this dog, he's got a little bit of arthritis. He's got a little bit of the things you would expect. She was like, but the way he is and how he's been and, she was like, there's no reason to think that he's not, you know, halfway through right now. So you, you, you should have a really good long run with this dog and you should enjoy it and don't think about him being older like that. Just have fun and, and love oh, nice. it. But you just don't know. And there's, you really have to be mindful of all the ways you care for your dog because just like us, they can have all these health Makes things. Sense and that one, and, and there's cancer and there's all these things like, like Samson's dealing with. So. Just just shout out to all the uh, dog lovers out there and the pet lovers in general because, you know, for anyone who's ever gone through a really traumatic thing while having a pet, man, they offer something different. Like they are – Bear has been there through the hardest of times. I'm talking about when we first got him a month after. Alexa's brother was killed a month after we got Bear. And when I tell you that dog – did magic. I mean, he is in our hearts in a different type of way. You know, like he, he is just, you're, if you're going through pain that is unimaginable, they are just the same creature. They know, they definitely know something's going on, but they just deliver every day. That's just what they do. Um, so I know a lot of people, there are some people out there who aren't pet people and like they have, and they'll be like, Oh, I have a kid. You don't even know. You know what they are? The people who say, like, go have a kid when you talk about your dog are the same people who go, you know wrestling's fake, right? Did you know wrestling's fake? Yeah, I'm I'm aware of the bond of, of human and child. Very much so. And it's They're obviously... All lives matter, pet ownership. Yo! <laughs> it's like, yo, you get it. I say love your kid. We just say it. Why is the way I love my dog affecting the way you love your child? <laughs> uh, all cute things matter. Right. Right. Bear's cute, but you should have a kid. I want to have kids. Very much so, actually. But I, I love... That's not going to change how much I love this dog. And there are some people who are like, oh, I love my dog. Then I had a kid. I didn't care. I know other people who had kids and they're like, yo, I love my dog. I had kids. I love my dog even more now because my, <laughs> my kids drive me insane. My dog is still awesome. <laughs> I believe that too, though. Dogs don't go into a period where they're like, screw you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> the, a puppy between, imagine, between, if you have a puppy from six months old, and God willing, till 18 years old. Think about how much less trouble that dog is going to give you from 13 to 18 than the kid's going to give you. <laughs> so if you want to play the all cute things matter game, that was brilliant, SGG. All right, let's wrap it up on this. I'm sorry we didn't get to more, trying to get through as many as we can, but we talk a lot. 
Specifically, I talk a lot. Tracy writes us. Tracy from Brooklyn. Hello, your majesty and stat LeBlanc. Mage. That's mage. I hate friends, uh, though. Of course you do. But I'll take you, Jay. <laughs> By the way, I'm not a friends guy either. I mean, there are moments I like about friends, but I'm not, I'm not a fan. I find it to be the most overrated show in history. Yeah, I hate um, them more than The Office. What did you say? I hate Friends more than I hate The Office. You, you you don't even hate The Office. You haven't even really watched The Office. I watched a couple episodes. Like I don't get the like the I don't I don't get it. It's not for me. No, then you but I, I Greg, it's impossible. You cannot have truly Did you ever truly be like I'm going to just start it? Yo, there's it's on all the time. It's on Comedy Central. It's on TBS. But it's you have. But did you ever? But did you ever actually be like, oh, an episode starting? I really want to sit in and just watch this whole thing. Yeah, I've watched episodes of The Office. Like I watched the one where, like, I think it was um, Jim and Dwight and uh, Michael. They tricked Jim into going to the old office where he used to work, and Rashida Jones was there. He didn't really want to go. That was dumb. You didn't like that episode? No, I didn't like that episode. But then, you don't. Then, but you're not. You're, but you're not in on the. You're not even really committed to the storyline with Rashida Jones. So if you're telling me I gotta go all the way back and then immerse myself and then no, I, honestly, this is what's shocking about it. Here's what I find shocking about it. it. It's it's like the one show that I know people of literally every background that love it. So I refuse to accept that the only reason you love it, don't love it, is because you just have bad taste in comedy. Now, that said, you are watching horrifying television, so I don't know why. Listen, well, let's just keep it to wrestling, fam. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Let's, let's, let's get back to the email. Let's, no, let's, let's keep it to TV wrestling. going to cause us to self-destruct. No, you and I are good on wrestling and race relations. Basically, anything else TV-related, you just go your way, I'm going to go my way, fam. Let's well, just, you I was, know. I could do that. I could do that. So, um... <laughs> Uh, I had to email you because I'm so troubled by the state of Raw and SmackDown women's divisions. The talent is there, no doubt, but neither roster is strong enough to put together a strong division on both shows. I'm pretty sure USA and or Fox would be opposed, but it's time to combine both rosters and have them on both shows. Heck, a few weeks ago, Charlotte was on all three brands, LOL. In doing so, you have one undisputed women's champion... Uh, HBIC, if you will, with various contenders and with more wrestlers, you can enhance the women's tag team division and have legitimate title contenders. All the women are currently in the PC anyway. You don't have to follow the foolish being allowed on both shows for up to four times a year. Nonsense. And you can truly... Oh, she didn't say that. She said you don't have to follow that foolish being allowed on both shows for up to four times a year nonsense. And you can truly utilize the full roster and get the most out of it. I liked the aggressive nonsense instead, but I hear what you were saying. <laughs> P.S. By not utilizing Bianca Belair and Ruby Riot and not using them in COVID-19 arenas is absolutely criminal. Your thoughts? Stay mage. Tracy, uh... That, that's the perfect email to end on because it couldn't be more right. The the women's division, as awesome as it is and as much talent as there is, always seems too thin when you divide the shows. Always. If yeah. we looked at the sheer numbers, it makes perfect sense. If you were to combine both women's rosters, you would probably get the equivalent of how many men you have on one of those rosters. Yeah, the problem though is then like 
people are going to complain. It'll feel like separate, equal kind of deal. You mean you mean because people Cause, will say because it's why? like they're thinning out the roster, whereas the men get like free reign on all shows to do whatever. And you're right, like it'll be probably a better use of the talent. But I think if they're going to go with one women's champion, then they need to do like one world champion as well. Because if you drop a women's title and then let the men just stay the same, and like it's not going to look good because they already. Went down. What, 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 if, what if you keep both titles but let them be defended on both shows? Or, I mean, or the titles only live on those shows, but the talent can move between them. That doesn't sound convoluted to you? It, well, it basically just means the champion can only defend the title on their show, but the challengers can come from both shows. It's somewhat convoluted. Um, I don't know, man. But that's cutting off your nose to spite your face. You're like, well, we don't want to separate it like that. We don't want to do that because then people will complain and say it's unequal. So let's just keep it more unequal. <laughs> right. Because right now know. it's worse. Right now the the people that are hurt by this the most are the women. So listen, it's okay that there are more men's wrestlers in the world than women's wrestlers. I am sure if we were to look at the total number of performing indie men and women and how many people aspire to get into the business, I'm very confident I could be proved wrong. But I'm sure we'd probably agree more men want to participate in it than women. So the idea of having more men on your roster than women is okay. I do not believe that is inherently offensive. Um, but when you start like chopping away at titles and things like that, then it's like then it gets dicey. But you're giving them more to give them more screen time. The title's not more important than the screen time. True. The screen True. time is the win. That's where the that's where the money is. Is becoming a star, and the becoming a star is in the screen time. There's too many titles in the first place, anyway. And there's too many titles in the first place, anyway. Either way, a very thought provoking email from Tracy. Thank you. I still have so many messages to get to. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com, at Rosenberg Radio, at Stack Guy Greg, and of course, at the Ultimate Wrestling Merch. Oh, SGG, yeah. today's show was provocative, exciting, and feel good. I hope everyone liked it, and I hope you um, do your best to be safe, avoid COVID 19, and take it easy, man. Thank you, P, and you as well. And stay mage. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And enjoy yourself. It's professional oh, yeah. wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce, in the corner to my left, the major thing. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and, like, sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Greg. Red Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mitch. Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the thrill of the revving engine and pure adrenaline of flying down the highway to the confidence of knowing that Geico always has your back with 24-7 access to claim service. But Ari Snyder has one reason in particular. I had extremely large upper arms. They won't even fit into most shirts. Thankfully, biking really embraces vest culture, so I feel accepted. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.